Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Okay, good morning and uh, welcome. If you're new, if you're visiting, great to have some visitors from Canada. Um, and Nigeria, obviously. Uh, great to have you with us, whether you're visiting or whether you're here. Uh, and this is your home. But uh, I'm sorry I wasn't here last week, but thank you to Jeff for, for being my sidekick. So uh, I need to stress, actually, uh, <laughs> we're doing this theme of sidekicks. Make sure you hear me correctly. We're not talking about sidekicks, okay? I, I don't want you to think we're talking about Mystic Meg. We're talking about sidekicks. So um, who wants to be a sidekick? Nobody. We all want to be the hero. We all want to be the star. We all want to be the main man. You know, who wants to be a sidekick? Because you know, for every sidekick, for every Tonto or Robin that's remembered fondly and does a good job, there's also Sun Girl or Woozy Winks. Anyone ever heard of them? No, but they were sidekicks to superheroes. They were sidekicks to people who did the job. You know, Dennis the Menace had Nasha. Asterix had Oblix, and those people got the job done together. And this morning, as we go through this summer and we look at this theme, the importance of people whose stories we might not know really strongly tells us a lot about where we need to be, because we need to be sidekicks of God. We need to be his sidekicks. We need to be his servants. A sidekick is somebody who does a job for somebody more important than them. Is God more important than us? I hope so. So we need to be sidekicks to the king this morning, okay? We need to be sidekicks. You don't have to don lycra. There's the bonus, okay? You don't have to wear your underpants on the other side of your trousers. You don't have to wear a cape. But actually, we need to be sidekicks. So we're going to be looking this morning at Aaron. Uh, some people say to me, my mum used to say all the time, keep your hair on, Johnny, but it didn't last. But anyway, hey, the old jokes are the best. But I believe we need to be supporters and loyal. We're going to look at Aaron, Moses' brother, and what we already know about Aaron, but also maybe some things you've not really thought about to do with Aaron this morning. If we look a little bit closer, we discover that he was just as crucial as a sidekick as Moses was as a leader. He was just as crucial as a sidekick. You know, we're going to look at the beginning of Exodus chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. The verses will be on the screen. But God has called Moses from the burning bush. Moses has been brought up in a palace. He's been educated. He's fled. He's become a shepherd, a sheep farmer. And then God speaks to Moses through the bush and says, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And then Moses says this, Exodus chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, Please send someone else. Any of us feel like that? You know, God, let someone else do this. Let somebody else do this. Please send someone else. Pardon your servant. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. God got angry because Moses said, I don't believe what you're saying. Moses said, I'm better than God. I know that it's not me you want. But God wants us this morning. Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him 
and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. So that's where we first sort of really encounter Aaron. Aaron is coming along to see his brother Moses and all of a sudden he's going to be thrust into a really important job. He's going to become Moses' sidekick. I'm just going to invite Paul up a minute, okay, Paul? Just come here, okay. Now, Paul's going to be a bit of a sidekick. I don't know if any of you have ever spoken anywhere where you've had an interpreter, but it can be a really strange experience. So I thought we'd just give it a go this morning, all right? Okay. So there's going to be some people who understand Paul, okay, as we do this. So I'm going to say the English, and Paul's going to translate it into pidgin, okay? Nigerians will be fine, okay? This is my friend Paul. This is not my correct party, Paul. <laughs> okay. He makes good rice. He didn't make the kind of rice where they sweet, where you go lick your finger. I don't know about you, but I'm just beginning to mistrust him a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> he enjoys music. In my music now, like five and six. <laughs> I don't know what that said. Okay. <laughs> he likes to sing. And they like to sing well, well. <laughs> okay, I think we can probably get the gist of what he's saying, hasn't there? But thank you, Paul. Give, go and sit down. Go on. Go and sit down. It's a really strange experience when you get someone to translate for you because not only does your sermon last longer, you don't have to prepare half as much because it takes twice as long, but actually you've got to trust the interpreter to deliver what you're saying. And so Aaron was trusted. He was trusted to deliver what God was saying. But I don't know if you've ever had that opportunity, but I know if you've heard of Jeff Lucas... Uh, Jeff Lucas is a Christian author, and he shares a story of how uh, his humor doesn't travel well. It doesn't travel well. When he goes to different countries, they, you know, people don't get his jokes. A bit like some of you on a Sunday morning with me, really, but hey, I enjoy telling them, so there we go. But Jeff Lucas tells a story of he went to, I think it was the Philippines, actually, and he went out there, and he was speaking, and the interpreter interpreted, and the whole congregation was rolling about laughing. And he was thinking, this is amazing. I've never had this happen before. I'm speaking in English. They're getting my jokes. They're laughing their heads off. This is brilliant. And when he'd finished the service, he went up to the interpreter. He said, wow. He said, I've never had that happen before. I've never had a situation where people from different cultures and countries have laughed so much at my jokes. And the interpreter said, well, Jeff, that's because when you told a joke, I said, Jeff said something funny. Laugh. (laughs) You know, so... (laughs) The first point I want to make this morning about Aaron is to be a good sidekick, you need to stay close and be trusted. To be a good sidekick, you need to stay close and be trusted. You know, if we can't trust our sidekicks, if we can't trust the ones who are serving, who are doing those things, then where are we? Moses was unwilling. He was reluctant. There's many of us in this room this morning who may be reluctant. You may be unwilling sometimes. You might get that stir from God to do something, to step out, and you might go, oh, no, it's not for me. Moses was unwilling, and he had a past. Moses had a past that involved murder. He had a past that involved running away from his problems. 
And yet God still chose him. God still wanted to use him. God wanted him to be his sidekick. He wanted him to serve a role, but he was reluctant. God had his eye on him. He was still reluctant. So Aaron, his brother, was to be his mouthpiece. Aaron was going to deliver the words that Moses gave him. Moses probably had a stutter, some sort of speech impediment that meant he was nervous. Aaron could be trusted. Why? Because he already had a relationship with Moses. He was his brother. He already had a relationship If we're going to be Jesus' sidekicks this morning, we need to be in relationship. We need to stay close. We need to get close and stay close. And then we can be trusted. You know, the parable of the talents talks about the three servants that are given three different things. And the ones who invested it were given more. And the Bible says, if we can be trusted in the little things, we'll be trusted in the bigger And so actually, Aaron could be trusted because he already had relationship. He was close. He was available. Let me ask you this morning, are you available? Are you available for God to use? Or are you somebody who's just like, I want to come, sing some songs, listen to something nice, and then go home? Or are you available to say, I'm willing to step up. I'm willing, God, if you call me, even if I get it wrong. Jeff, last week, even if. Even if I get it wrong, God, I'm willing to step up for you. Because I trust you. Because I'm close to you. And that is how being a good sidekick starts, is to get close and stay close. And Aaron, as a result of being close and being available and being trustworthy, was used for God's glory. Do you want to be used for God's glory? Yeah. Steve definitely does. That's good. Do the rest of you want to be used for God's glory? Yeah. Okay. So what do we need to do? We need to stay close. And we need to be trustworthy. We need to do the things he's asking us to do. And we need to follow his way. He became a great sidekick. Aaron was never meant to be the main man. He was never meant to be the main man, but he was vital. Absolutely vital. And as I've read and looked at these passages about Moses and Aaron, it tells us that Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And the plagues start. And Exodus 7 verse 19 says this. And I'd never noticed this before. Okay? Because we think, we know what Moses did, don't we? Yeah? Most of us know what Moses did, I think. Those that are still awake, yeah? Um, Most of us know what Moses did. But Aaron, we just think he was perhaps there saying a few nice things, don't we? But Exodus chapter 7 verse 19 says this. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron. Tell Aaron to stretch out your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in vessels of wood and stone. I always thought it was Moses, but it wasn't. It was the sidekick. It was Aaron that stretched out the rod and his hand, and the plagues happened. Moses was the leader. Aaron did his bidding. Aaron was a good sidekick. So a good sidekick stays close and is trustworthy. But a good sidekick isn't interested in glory. Isn't interested in glory. Isn't interested in being the main one. You know, I've never noticed how often in Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers, the Bible says Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron. Very, very rarely does it say Moses. Very, very rarely does it say the one man on his own. It's nearly always Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron. Because Aaron was the best sidekick available, he was close, he was willing, he was available. You know, 
Aaron did a lot of the things we credit Moses for. A quick, brief synopsis of what Aaron did was this. Moses and Aaron, tell Aaron. Aaron held up Moses' hands. Aaron spoke. Aaron stretched. And Aaron took the grumbles. Okay? It's not what we want, is it? We don't want to take the grumbles. Aaron did all those things, and yet we constantly lift up Moses as that man of faith and lift up Moses as that leader because Moses was the chosen leader. But we all need sidekicks. And God says, I want you to be mine. I want you to be mine. Aaron wasn't just sitting on the sidelines. He wasn't just going, woo, Moses, yeah, go. Turn the stuff to blood. He wasn't doing that. He was there practically supporting. He was involved. He was willing to take the brunt of the criticism. And he was willing to act at the desire of Moses. What a sidekick. What a person. And yet so often we don't even think of him. Sidekicks stay close. Sidekicks are trusted. Sidekicks aren't interested in getting the glory. Exodus 27 says this, verses 20 to 21. Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning. In the tent of meeting, outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant law, Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting ordinance among the Israelites for the generations to come. You know, that tells me that sidekicks are committed for the long term. Sidekicks are committed and faithful. They are committed to see the job through. You know, have you ever had a job that you had to do? You know, you've seen those phrases, you had one job. You know, here's some pictures you had one job, okay? So three pictures to show the person who had one job that didn't do it, hopefully will come up on the screen. Okay, I don't know if you can see this, it's very dark. If we turned the lights off, you would. But there's a red square there, and there's a gray square there, okay? You had one job. Yeah, you can see it? Ever so slightly, there we go, look. You had one job, one job. You couldn't even get that right. One job. What about this one? Okay. You had one job. Spell the word clear. One job. It's not hard. It's not difficult. All you need to do is do it. And you can't even do that properly. Keep Claire. Who's Claire? I don't know. Not spelt like that anyway. Okay. And the last one. I like this one. You had one job. You know, remote control. If you haven't seen it, I'm really sorry, but one job. Whoever designed the remote control there had one job. They had one job, to write left on the left arrow and to write right on the right arrow. But they couldn't even do that. They had one thing to do. You know, and many of us in this room, you know, maybe you've had one thing that you've been trusted to do. And a good sidekick is committed for the long term. A good sidekick doesn't give up, even if they make a silly mistake. You know, God doesn't say, you had one job, that's it, never again. God says, here's another job, try again. And a good sidekick is committed for the long haul. You know, maybe your one job is, or stir the rice. I asked somebody in my house recently, stir the rice while I make a phone call. I came back and the kitchen was empty, and the rice was burning, and the pan was ruined. <laughs> Because they had one job and they didn't do it. It wasn't Lindsay or Barry, so it's okay. It's okay. I, I won't say who it was. It wasn't me. But anyway. 
Aaron's job, Aaron and his, Aaron and his family's job was to keep the lamps burning, to keep the lamp and the light in the temple outside the tabernacle burning, so that whether it was daytime, whether it was darkness, it was to illustrate that God's light never goes out. Their faithfulness was to illustrate that God's light never goes out, that God's love never runs out, that God's faithfulness never runs out. That was their job. And later in the Old Testament, we find that there's times where it doesn't happen. Let me ask you, that's our job too. Are we doing it? Our job is to demonstrate God's light and love and to keep it burning, to keep it central. Even if we're in dark times, you know, it didn't matter that it was the middle of the night and the darkness was surrounding them, they had to keep the light burning. If you're a Christian this morning, one of our jobs is to keep the light burning, to keep him central, to keep him at the heart of everything so that people will see his faithfulness. We've got one job, to love him and to love others. That's two jobs, but hey. So if Aaron and his family get it wrong, the light goes out. When the light goes out, people lose hope. People lose hope because they stop seeing that visible presence of God. If you're a Christian this morning, you take the presence of God with you. Show it. Don't hide your light under a bushel, as they say in old-fashioned language. Don't put it under a dirty old bucket. Don't put your light where it can't be seen, but instead glorify him through all situations. You know, we need to illustrate that faithfulness. When we commit to persevere, when we agree, we try not to let down. We show God's character. We show God's faithfulness. We demonstrate his never-ending grace, love, and his presence even in the dark night. So what else do we know about Aaron? He stayed close and could be trusted. He was committed for the long term. Finally, in Exodus 28 verse 2, He's honored. It says in verse 2, make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. Finally, he's served all this time and now he's getting some nice clothes to show how important he is. Now he's getting the robes to show his position. Do you know, sidekicks may or may not get recognized. If you're committed to being a sidekick for God, if you're committed to serving him and saying, God, I will follow you. We may not be recognized. We may not be glorified because the aim isn't for us to be glorified. The aim is for him to be glorified. And if we serve him faithfully, he will be. He will be. He will be. You know, after this honoring and recognition, Aaron is left to lead. He wasn't the leader. He wasn't the main man. He wasn't shown. Moses goes up a mountain and Aaron is left in charge. And this is what happens when we get above our station because Exodus 32, 25 to 26, Moses comes back down and sees chaos because the people are worshipping a bull they've made out of their earrings, they're dancing, they've turned their back on God really very quickly. Why? Because Aaron wasn't showing good leadership. He wasn't supposed to be the main man. Do you know, we are not supposed to be the main man or woman. He is. He is supposed to be the main event. We should point to him constantly for the long haul. 
Exodus 32, 25 to 26. Moses saw that the people were running, running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so became a laughingstock to their enemies. That's what happens when we get above our station. We become a laughingstock to other people. You might not think so, but when we put God higher and we remain less, then actually we see faithfulness. We see love. We see his grace and we see his power. When we get above, everything goes wrong. When we put ourselves above him. So Moses stood at the entrance to the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. As sidekicks, we're sometimes going to get it wrong. As sidekicks, we're sometimes going to get it wrong. We're not perfect, and there's a way back. Moses didn't come down the mountain and see chaos and go, right, you lot, I've done with you. Behead them all, off with their heads, stone them, kill them. Didn't say that. He simply issued a rallying call to put things right. Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. Get yourself right with God. Come back to God's side. Come back to the person who needs to be above all. Come back to the one who can make a difference. Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. You know, we could issue a rallying cry this morning, but it might be embarrassing if I said, whoever is for the Lord, come and sit on this side. Most of us would feel pressure to do so. <laughs> but when we're outside these walls, when we're in our workplace, when we're in our family, when we're with our friends willing to say whoever's for the Lord come to me come to me because he is greater you know it's interesting as Moses issues that rallying call one tribe comes there's 12 tribes yet one tribe comes and it's Aaron's tribe the Levites we will get it wrong God is issuing that call to you and me today are you for me or are you against me? Are you for me? Come and stand with me. Are you for me? Come and show your faithfulness. Are you for me? Come and show the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's an interesting one, isn't it? We need to be able to control ourselves. And with God's help, we can when he is increased and we are decreased. Numbers chapter 12, as we come to an end of Aaron's quick life <laughs> through the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 to 8 says this. Miriam and Aaron, that's Miriam is Moses' sister, began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he'd married a Cushite. He had a cushy life. Hey. Um, he'd married a Cushite. He'd done something they didn't agree with. So what did they do? Because they didn't agree with it. Oh, that's terrible. Mo have you seen Moses? He's married a Cushite. Oh, it's oh, it's awful. Oh, it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't catch me marrying a Cushite. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. And uh, that sounds funny, but actually that can be a conversation that goes on in Christian circles. Have you seen that? Have you seen that tattoo, that person? Oh. Have you seen those shorts Peter Docker's wearing? Oh, showing his legs on a Sunday. Oh, such a temptation for the ladies. It's terrible. Donna's disagreeing, Pete. I'm sorry. She's saying, no, she's not really. I'm putting there. I'm, I'm, I'm telling porkies. But we do it, don't we? We naturally go, oh, 
and we put ourselves up here. What happens when we put ourselves up here? People run wild. We need to come back to the Lord's side. Moses was being spoken against. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? Aaron's saying, God's used me, you know. Who does he think he is to be leader of the Israelites? God's used me. I stretched out a staff. I said some words to Pharaoh. So who does Moses think he is? Who does he think he is? Now Moses was a very humble man. More humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out and then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? In other words, why are you gossiping about a man who is humble? Why are you gossiping and putting yourself above a man who has been faithful to me? Why are you willing to put him down and big yourself up? Because do you know what God says? I speak to him face to face. They spoke against Moses. He is humble. Last point about being a sidekick is this. Humility is more important than anything. Humility is so important. It is the key to being the best sidekick. Humility is the key to being the best leader. Humility is the key to both. So we need to start practicing it. We need to start making ourselves less and him greater. We need to start saying, love others before myself. You know, Moses started off as humble in the story we've read. He didn't believe he could do it. He didn't believe he was capable of doing what God was asking him to do. But he was because he allowed God to be greater. He still got it wrong, but God continually recognized his humility. So as we finish this morning, let me ask you this question. Do you want to be a sidekick of the king? Do you want to be somebody who puts somebody else who's important above you and serves them faithfully? Do you want to be somebody who continually gives to them so that actually they are glorified? Do we want to be somebody who even though we get it wrong, God can use? Do we want to be people who actually, when that rallying call is issued, have come over to the Lord's side with the first ones there? Or are we still going to stay sat in our seats and say, actually, I'll keep going as I am, thank you very much. Because this story of Aaron tells us what it takes to be a sidekick. To be a sidekick of the king, we need humility. We need faithfulness. We need to be committed for the long haul. We need to be people who, whose word doesn't let us down. We need to be people who aren't hungering for recognition or glory, but knowing that we are a huge part of his kingdom. Isn't that exciting this morning? God is saying to everyone in this room, I want you to be my sidekick. I want you to be my sidekick. And he says, will you be? Will you step up? 
and bow down? Will you say, God, you are above it, but I'll serve you even if it means I don't get the recognition, even if it means I have to humble myself? You know, Jesus is talked of in the New Testament where it says that he humbled himself even to death on a cross. This morning we celebrate a saviour who put you above him. And he humbled himself even to death on a cross. The worst possible suffering he could go through, anyone could go through. And he humbled himself and took it for you and for me. He humbled himself even to death on a cross so that you could be lifted from the pit. And then he was raised and ascended on high to sit at the right hand of the Father. And he says, if you want to be on the Lord's side, come to me. If you're weary and heavy burdened, come to me. And I will give you rest. Do we want to be the best sidekicks? Then let's give our all for him. Just going to invite the band up. We're going to pray.